The following podcast is a Green Fresh Media production. Hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to Too Smart for This, a podcast dedicated to knowing better and doing better for ourselves and others with your host, me, Alexis Barber. Thank you so much for being patient last week. I know we didn't have an episode due to Thanksgiving, but you will love this one, so I'm so excited to present to you my conversation with Delara, aka Legal Baddie on TikTok. Delara is officially a lawyer after recently passing the California bar and graduating from UCLA Law School. She's also a content creator spreading self-love and inspiring content every single day on the internet. She's also a bad bitch. I mean, this woman is absolutely like, every time I look at her, I'm like, this is what I wish I looked like. She's so gorgeous, so incredible, and I cannot believe how much of an impact our conversation had on my life. She really helped me get out of some of the negative thought patterns that I was in. She also really reminded me the importance of being with yourself and really affirmed that working on yourself is so important. So I can't even put into words how wonderful this conversation was, and I really, really hope you enjoy it. Definitely follow Delara on all platforms. Everything will be linked down below. And I love you so much. Let's get into the conversation. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you. This has been on the books for a while. And ever since we randomly met, I have been dying to know your everything about you. <laughs> yes, I am so happy to be here. And I'm so just impressed with everything that you're doing right now. And just to be able to have a conversation with someone who is killing it in her own respect is always such a pleasure and I'm so excited. You're too sweet, truly. <laughs> um, but I love to start my um, interviews with a bit of rapid fire just so the audience can get to know you a little bit more quickly. Love it. So I would love to start. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Appetizers or dessert? Appetizers, 100%. Agreed. <laughs> Instagram or TikTok? TikTok, definitely. Yeah, clearly, no clearly, no legal doubt. baddie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> favorite TV show of all time? Favorite TV show of all time? I'm a I'm a big new girl stan. Oh, I love that. I love. <laughs> There's so just cute. some. It's just all encompassing. It's funny. It's thought provoking. It's the, there's all the characters are the main character. It's it's good. It's a good show. Oh, I'm so glad. I need to get back into watching it. I watched so much in college, but not recently. Um, do you have a favorite podcast? And if not, you can give a favorite book. Um, besides yours, um, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite podcast would probably be, that's a good one because there's so many good ones. You know, of the podcast that I think would be my longstanding favorite is probably um, Intelligence Squared, U.S. Debates. I was a debate kid growing up, so I love listening to really qualified people talking about a controversial topic and hearing a fully developed story on both sides and, and having like just an intellectual conversation free from emotion, but just talking about like the issue. So Intelligence Squared, it's a good one. I love that. <laughs> now I feel like I can just tell that that's going to make me smarter. So it is. It that. is. And it's, it makes you balanced. You know both sides of the story. And it, if anything, it strengthens whatever position you have because you know um, like what the opposite of it is. Right, like the counterpoints of it. Like, yeah, like 
I am going home for Thanksgiving to my like family mm-hmm. that has completely different political views right. than I do. So I feel like that would be a really helpful way to like bridge that gap. Between yeah, them. yeah. And people who are at the same intelligence level to a degree as far as like their um, credentials go. Like you're not you're not hearing like idiots argue. You're hearing really <laughs> smart people with just opposing viewpoints argue. And it's really great. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Well, this is supposed to be rapid, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Last one is most important self-care practice. Ooh, journaling. 100%. A million trillion percent. Yes. It is the best. It's data. It's, it's accumulating data on your experience. And I think we mirror algorithms a lot more than we like to believe because we like to think that like computers are really separate from this special human um, characteristic that we have about us that's like divine or whatever. And that could very well be true, but we do emulate um, computers and a, a hu- or just machines in a huge regard. And when you think about upgrading a device, what do you need in order to upgrade it? You need data. You need the ability to see what the patterns are, what's working, what isn't working. And when you have that lens into your own mind and you're journaling every single day and you're able to reflect on that, the value, the Mm -hmm. value in it is truly, um, it's invaluable. Yeah. It's, (laughs) and it's remarkable. And I think that there's, I think you can still grow as a person if you don't journal necessarily. Yeah. But I find, I find it, very difficult to grow as a person if you don't at least set time to self-reflect or else you just become caught up in that like growth and continuing without recognizing like what's happened to you. you 100%. Yeah. Journaling is just a form. It's like a tool to reflect and it makes it a lot easier because you don't have to worry about the remembering part. And also Mm -hmm. your memory is not always accurate and there's lots of data to support that. I mean, even in the legal world, it's like actually a very big issue because you can have, um, you know, people testifying certain things, but if it's just based on memory, um, there, there's problems there where when you have that firsthand account and also what you were going through in that moment on a, an, an emotional level, I think just, just it shares, it, it, it provides so much insight into um, yeah, like what the patterns are, how you have changed, and it just makes it a lot easier. But I think you're absolutely right. It's not so much that like journaling is a necessary condition for growth. It's more so a tool for reflection that makes absolutely. it much easier. And something that and I think everyone should at least try out because yes. like it's important. So Okay, before we dive into, you know, all the deep stuff, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and your background and, you know, just how you got started creating content, the whole thing? Yeah, so um, I actually grew up, uh, my mom told me I could sing before I could talk, and I was absolutely a creative person for the majority of like my adolescence. I wanted to be an international superstar. I wanted to be a singer. I was in music classes for over 10 years. I sing, I play guitar and piano. And I was actually 16 when I started my first YouTube channel. And this was like 2012. So it was very new in like the YouTube world. And I started posting videos of um, covering 
like charting songs. And so I've always been on this like trend thing. Like I, I love being able to see like, okay, what's popping off right now and how do I capitalize on the attention that this is um, getting? And it did really well. I, there was like a couple of videos of mine that were like hitting in the hundreds of thousands of views, which at that time was like a lot. Now it's, it's, it's so different. Well, that was huge. Yeah. 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 And, and it's funny cause it got to my head and I was like, okay, if I really want to make it big, I can't like do this internet stuff. I have to go and like move to LA and cause I was having these agents and record labels reach out to me cause they were finding me through YouTube. So I'm like, okay, this was just my way to get out there. Um, now screw YouTube. I'm going to, I graduated high school a year early to go pursue music in Hollywood. And it's so funny because now I will look back at the people who had the same numbers that I did um, at that time. And now they're in like in the hundreds of thousands of subscribers. And it really does go back to the importance of consistency when it comes to content creation. Now I don't have any regrets because if I did continue doing that, I would have never ended up becoming a lawyer and I'm, and I'm happy that I did. And music is still something that I could pursue if I want to. But um, that was, that was like my, my whole life. Like I didn't even think about being a lawyer. Like that wasn't even on the trajectory of my mind. I was fully set on becoming a singer. And so I moved to Hollywood when I was 17 and um, I was, this was again, 2020, 2012. So like being different wasn't cool yet. So like I was told I was too ethnic looking. I needed to lose 20 pounds, like all the stuff oh where it's like, God. now it's super celebrated to like be different before it was like, it was like Katy Perry, Kesha, like very much. So, and um, you also are like, you are like, I hate to bring the Kardashians up, but like now you're the beauty you like, emulate that now isn't that crazy it's crazy how sometimes um like time can change what is you know deemed as desirable and um and it was really wild that that started happening for me like later in my life and it's shitty because I definitely have suffered a lot because when I was growing up I didn't feel like I was the ideal and I was constantly trying to like I remember having these thin spo like wallpapers of these like little blondes and I'm like that's what I want to be and it's like I'm not even a blonde I'm not even white like I'm not even built to be skinny like why am I trying to attain something that I genetically Same. cannot achieve and you brought something back when you said thin spo yeah. that was a tough <laughs> time oh yeah Oh my God, it was bad. I, there were so many crazy websites, like these, like, I don't know if you remember, like these anorexia websites where like people would be sharing tips of like how many, the ABC diet, um, you know, a hundred calories the first day, 300 calories the second. It's crazy to think in retrospect that that was like my everyday life for a long time. Um, but that's a whole other conversation. But anyway, um, so I'm, I'm being met with like all of this resistance and I'm like, okay, I love music. I don't love the music industry. This isn't working out. Um, and so I moved back to Orange County, which is where I grew up. And I just was like, okay, I mean, I'm starting from square one. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. Um, so I guess I'm just going to enroll in a community college. Like I, I, I I put all my eggs in the singing basket. So I was just like, okay, I'm, I guess I'm going to go to school. I'll make my parents happy. Um, and one of the first classes I took was a communications class, which is very common for a first-year college student to take. Um, but my professor happened to be the head coach of the speech and debate team. And I think because I had always been really comfortable with performing and being on stage, 
while public speaking came um, to most people as something really scary and awful, I, it felt really natural for me. And I was volunteering and raising my hand and being that annoying person who just like wanted to share something about everything. And my professor recognized that in me and he would often have me lead the class like when he stepped out. And by the end of the class, he asked me to join the speech and debate team. And I was like, speech and debate like I at this point like I just had recently moved back from Hollywood like I, I was like that's the nerdiest thing I could ever think of like that's not really? hot <laughs> <laughs> but I was like okay I guess I'm not doing anything else and worst case scenario I can quit and I think there was like a cute guy on the team so I was like let me let me peep the situation <laughs> and I ended up falling in love with it uh, and like all of my best friends were the people on my team um I, it became something almost obsessive like I loved I loved the idea that everyone is like on this level playing field like you get your topic you have 30 minutes to prepare um, you don't know which side you're going to be debating on um, and also I just liked the fact that it came natural to me so I, I felt like I had an inherent advantage so I fell in love with it I became the captain of my team we won two consecutive national championships and I was like okay like I love this so how do I how do, what, what's next for me? And it very much so was the natural transition that people who were good with speech and debate would do the law school route. So I was like, okay, great. I get to fulfill my Persian parents' dream of having either <laughs> a lawyer, doctor, or an engineer as a kid. And and meanwhile, like I, I, lo I loved it. So I, I didn't feel like a sacrifice or anything like that. So um, I transferred to a four-year college. And I, I wasn't really concerned with where I was transferring to because I knew I was going to go to law school. I just wanted to go somewhere where it was affordable and, um, and somewhere that, you know, was close to home and I could just finish out my bachelor's. And I picked Cal State Long Beach because also it's a whole other part of me, but I am undocumented. I'm still undocumented. I'm a Canadian citizen. Oh, wow. I was born in Canada. Yeah. And so I wasn't eligible for um, federal financial aid. So I, I didn't really like have the option to, um, you know, be choosy about my, my undergrad institution, but it was a great school. I mean, I, I think that the educational experience was probably, especially knowing people who did like the Ivy league stuff in, in undergrad, it's, 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 there's not that much of a variance. I think, I think the variance and what you're paying for is the the network that you are exposing yeah. yourself to. And I even think about that for law school as well. Like it's so expensive, but it's almost like it's like the paying for um, not a lottery or something, but like a ticket to enter into this pool where like if you meet a person where you come up with like a billion dollar or million dollar or whatever um, business idea, like then your investment paid off. Whereas if you, you know, if you're spending the same amount of money to go somewhere where you're, where you're the smartest person in the room, it's just not, it's not a, I think a good investment. So I finished out my bachelor's. I took a gap year. I worked at a law firm, um, for a year in LA before, while I was studying for the LSAT. And, and then I wanted to go to UCLA law because they had the top entertainment law program in the country. And I was like, Oh, this is like this perfect marriage of my yes. music, creative passions and, um, my, my analytical like law side. 
And it's funny because I ended up not being so in love. I did like an internship at an entertainment law firm in my first year of law school. And I didn't love it so much. I don't know if like I'm totally closed off to it. I actually, um, one of my goals is to start a law firm that protects creators, especially as someone who has personally gone through just like being super taken advantage of by a lot of these brands and taking advantage of our naivete as like blossom, especially the ones starting out because they're so excited to think like, oh, I would have been making this video anyway. You want to pay me? I'll take whatever. And not realizing that they're, they're getting paid way less than they're worth. And, um, and this is, you know, a market that's only going to get bigger. So it would be really cool to be able to protect uh, people, you know, who I have something in common with. Um, and I, and I, I love that. Yeah. It's not so necessary. I mean, creators get taken advantage of all the time. And honestly, if I didn't have a full-time job, I would be saying yes to it too, because it's like, that's money that you're leaving. Like I said no to a $4,000 deal today because I just don't have ba- bandwidth. And like most people can't do that, you know? For sure. And, and yeah. And, and a lot of people, like you said, who, who don't have, you know, something else, they'll, they'll just settle without realizing that they're being exploited. And so, um, and, and, and I think that there's also like a role that a lawyer could have, not just in like protecting or like, you know, looking over the contract or whatever, making sure that it's a fair deal, but also being able to advise the person, especially as someone who has gone through the experience that like foregoing an opportunity now will actually put you in a better position down the line. Um, And so, and so, yeah, that's kind of, how I got to where I am. Oh, well, I guess how I started on TikTok, that was, so I have always been the person like in my friend group who has loved making content, like making good content. And my friends would always like tell me like, you need to, you need to like start charging for like, cause I would be editing everyone's everything, like making sure everything is the right shot. Like I just, I, I definitely have a passion for creating and I have from a very young age. And so I started on TikTok with this, um, just this 30 day challenge. And it was just a form of like my own accountability um, where I posted a video and I was like, this is me on day one. This is what I'm going to do for the next 30 days. And it was 10 minutes of stretching, 10 minutes of reading, um, like uh, a liter of water. Like, I don't even know. There was just like good self-care habits. Yeah. And on that first video, it, it blew up. It went viral. Um, and I was like, that was like my first taste of like, oh my goodness. And I think it's very much so like gambling in that sense where like, once you get your first big win, it definitely does start a bit of an addiction, (laughs) which, but I don't think it's a bad addiction with gambling. Like you risk losing something. You don't risk losing anything with TikTok other than maybe time, but it's actually not losing time because you're doing something that brings you joy. As long as you're not outcome oriented, as long as you don't get like in your head about, oh, if my video doesn't perform well, it was a bad video and realizing that that's not even the way that it works, um, then it can be something great where there's no negative and only a potential for positive. It can get very toxic if you start to assign your views to your worth as a person, which is why I think it's very tough for, for younger people or for people who don't have something else on the table so do you feel like having like 
being a lawyer and focusing on the bar exam, et cetera, that type of thing helped you to have a positive mindset and not get super scared with the views? Or was it like that you had experience with content creation, so you knew not to put your your value there? I think it was more so the experience I had with content creation, because even like when I was 16 and I started on YouTube, it allowed me to develop a very thick skin when it came to not just like the metrics, but also the comments. Um, like I got all sorts of weird comments at a very young age. And I learned at a very young age how to compartmentalize. Um, not to say that like, you know, sometimes uh, a negative comment won't bother me. It's actually so funny. So I had this one, I don't know if you've experienced this as a creator, I had this one account that would like constantly post these mean comments on my videos. And it was like a little bit too personal. It's like, how do you know this about me even, which makes me think like, oh, it's maybe someone um, in who was in my life or who is in my life. And it wasn't that I was getting offended by the comments. I was just more so hurt at the thought of like, why, why did I do something to hurt this person to like make them like comment like this? And I, I just was like feeling kind of bad. And at first I would engage a little bit because they were saying something about like, oh, like you don't pay rent at your apartment. I'm like, first of all, yes, I do. And second of all, it's like kind of like a compliment that you think that like I have this lifestyle that I, that I can't, you know, support, but also like, what? Anyway. And then, and then like commenting on my weight or commenting on like all sorts of just weird stuff. And so I sent them a, a DM and I was like, um, Hey, I, noticed that you have, you know, consistently been posting comments on my page. And I've been around people firsthand who like, get joy out of like trolling. Because I had I had a friend in the past who like, like was addicted to leaving anonymous mean comments um, on on people's pages, which I very was quickly able to see was a symptom of like, her own pain or um, just un unhealed, whatever. And I was like, look, like, I just want you to know, I, I know what your motivation is, but I could be rich, poor, fat, skinny, smart, dumb, and there's nothing you could say that would affect me. And so your, your efforts are a little bit, they're, they're misdirected. Um, but this podcast was really helpful. And I sent them like a Dr. Joe Dispenza podcast about um, just how like everything is a projection and we live in our own reality. And I sent them the link and I was like, if you, if you think like this link is like a trap or something, here's just the name of, of the podcast. And they blocked me and they never left a hate comment ever again. And I felt like it was a beautiful moment between me and my hater. Like I was, <laughs> it was so great to like, just meet that person with compassion versus like, Oh, easy to say without, you know, being anonymous or what the fuck are you doing with your life or like whatever, but rather be like, Hey, like, I, I know that you're coming from a place of pain. I'm sorry. I also said like, I'm really worried. I hope I have never done anything to hurt you. And if I have, I, I truly apologize. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird. The internet can be weird sometimes, but sometimes it can have, it could be full of meaningful moments. And that was one for me. Um, yeah, I think it takes a lot of strength too to, you know, just have, first of all, like have that thick skin, which like clearly yeah. comes with like years of experience, but also to be like, to not, when you, you can recognize that a hate comment is not about you. And that's something that I get, I, I have tons of mutuals who like on friends only, they'll be like, 
this video is doing really well. Like I'm so stressed out. These people are so mean to me, so mean to me, so mean to me. And like, I've been there hundred percent. So what for you like took it to get to that internal place? Like, do you think you had to build your own self-confidence? And if so, like what was the process of like becoming this woman that you are now? Right. Or, or there's the question like how I was able to not be phased by the negative comments. And yeah, sort of get to a place where like, you know, it's a projection. So you're not hurt by that um, because you're confident enough in your own content. Yeah. Um, yeah. So partially it was, it was just, yeah, my experience as a young person. So I already had that exposure to it, but as far as being able to like, re- I don't think I recognize at a young age that those were projections. I just thought they were just trolls and, and they were because then it was like a lot of um, sexualizing me as like a 16 year old, which was just like, it was just like icky versus, oh, I mean, some people would say I was like, oh, she's not even that good, but it would, my thing, this is my thing. Actually, this is, this is what makes it all make sense for me. I could get a thousand shit posts, hate comments. You're the worst. You're ugly. You're fat. You're poor. You're dumb, whatever. If I get one comment or message on that video that says, Hey, this changed my life, or you have no idea the positive impact this had on me, it's worth it. Like I literally don't care because the, the negative comments, th- there's no actual uh, significance or impact beyond the universe of just that comment. Whereas knowing that your content had a lasting effect on a person, it just, it, it invalidates anything else. And it, it takes away all of the power of any like negativity because I'm like, I helped a person. Like that's, that's really all I care about at the end of the day. You're helping me realize something right now, which is that I actually feel the opposite Mm. because I feel, and I think that that's a projection personally, because I don't feel like my content is good enough or making that actual impact, despite the fact that I get hundreds of DMs and comments all the time saying that it does. Right. I don't believe those as much as I believe the negative ones, but that's not the negative comments fault. That's, that's mine, you know? For sure. For sure. And yeah, there's something about, I, I mean, I agree with you. It's, I, I, I get sad to think that like when you have an abundance of positive comments that like, it's so easy to scroll through and then you stop on the negative one. Like, why are we giving the negative one so much more attention when we should be giving the opposite, like way more attention to the positive ones and scrolling, like just going by the negative one. Yes. And I think it's because, so I've had this like kind of epiphany about um, why we seek out validation in the first place. And it's something, I mean, this is, I think, something that everyone can relate to. And I think it's like a, a part of the human experience. And my epiphany was that we seek out validation because we want someone to argue with our inner critic. Like, for example, I will post a video that I find is cringy and I'm telling myself like, oh, like this is so like, why did I even post this? That's when I'm refreshing my notifications the most because I just want someone to prove my inner critic wrong. I want someone to be like, I love this. So that like, almost like I want an advocate like to to fight against this illusion of an inner critic in my head. And the next place that I arrive to after that is the more I am aware that that inner critic is is an illusion and is a result of circumstances that I never could have had control over. I mean, this is 
childhood. This is media. This is um, experience, circumstance, like nothing I ever had control over. Something that really helps with this, by the way, is like giving um, the voice in your head a name and usually like one that's like kind of silly or funny, whether that's like Karen for some people or like <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin for someone else. Like just some things where you're able to differentiate, like this is not me. This is a um, like a, a series of events that have um, created this like situation kind of like in your mind and that's what's happening. And as soon as you are able to um, to realize that it's not real and it's an illusion, the need for validation goes away. And and the best way to be a creator is one who just makes content that they themselves would want to see. It's not even about um, how how well it performs because it's also a form of journaling too. Like I love being able to like look back at videos and and think like, okay, this, that was my environment. That This is the way that I was communicating. This is what was going on in my life. It's also a trigger like, oh, I remember when I made that video, I was going through this. So even if everything got taken down or like all my views or all my followers went away, there's still value in just having that, um, what's the word, archive yeah. of, of things that you have created. You, it, it, it's a product of your mind. You had an idea and you made a video out of it. And so ultimately like the feedback the comments the likes positive and negative um it's just it's just data it's nothing more than data really truly and i mean that's pretty revolutionary of a thought to think like okay all of these negative things within me like that's not who i am it doesn't come from within me it's not like my brain creates negativity it just is encapsulating that as a way to protect me therefore it's jumping out where did you learn that? When did you start going inward like that? Like my hot in girl this walks. course of your life? What what'd you say? Hot girl walks. <laughs> I love a walk. I swear. I don't know why. I think it's being in nature for me. And I feel like I'm able to, I, because the trees or I don't even know what, they've been around for way longer than I have. I feel like there's embedded knowledge that you can tap into when you are in an environment like that. And I have all my biggest breakthroughs, epiphanies, like aha moments when I'm by myself and just like walking through nature. Like I tried to, to achieve it. Like I was like walking at like Runyon Canyon. I can't because it's too much. Um, it's with, anywhere in LA, there's anxiety, to be honest. It's how am I being perceived ultimately is, is what it comes down to. I need to go somewhere and I have like this neighborhood that I go to pretty often where it's like there's not many people walking around. So I'm not worried about how I'm being perceived. But I will say something about this that I just think is valuable for listeners to listen to because I went through the internal like agony of like, oh, my God this person just drove by, like, what do they, how do I look like to them? Even though like literally no one cares, but this is not even the point. Like, it's not even, it's easy to say like, they're never going to remember you. You don't remember anyone who is on their walk. Like no one's perceiving you that much, but I had this epiphany and it probably also was on a walk. And it was, how often is it that we will see someone from far away and they look so good, like, like oh, amazing. And then they come closer and you're like, actually, I, I didn't like you so much. Like it wasn't, that happens way more often than, see, than seeing someone from far away and being like, oh, they're not that cute. And then having them come closer and being like, oh, actually they are cute. 
-hmm. And so I was like, wait, I'm actually being, when you're kind of being seen at a distance, I'm actually being perceived as 10 times hotter than I actually am. And so I don't even need to worry. Like, I don't need to think that I'm being perceived as worse than I am, but rather I know I'm being perceived as better. And then you're able to channel and believe in your mind, like, okay, like I am a Victoria's Secret model and just like walking and believing and channeling that energy. And I kid you not, I started looking better, feeling better. I mean, subjectively, Um, like I felt like I almost felt like I was manifesting like my appearance in a way because I was I was believing that I was like what I wanted to be versus tearing myself down, thinking like, ugh, like you know, I, they're probably seeing me from my bad side or right. whatever. And, and I wish those thoughts didn't exist, but I think it's just an experience of being a woman. And, and there's a lot of women that don't, and they're very lucky, but. Yes. But like, still, I mean, it's real. It's real. Yeah. So, yeah. Then, so you do these walks. So I'd love to hear more about like your, like not just self-care, but sort of like self-love routines, like the things you do daily, weekly, monthly, to stay in that confidence? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, So definitely the journaling thing, because it just reminds me of the path that I'm on. I think it's really easy to get sidetracked when you aren't um, staying accountable. I actually don't even, this is the thing, it doesn't even matter like what your specific self-care thing is. What's important is, is keeping a promise to yourself. So whether that is, I am going to take my makeup off every night. And I didn't use, I used to be that bitch who would sleep with my makeup on for a long time. I hate to admit it. (laughs) I hate to admit it. And, and then it started with like one thing after another and then like implementing a skincare routine and then implementing, um, you know, making sure that the first thing that I am breaking my fast with is something that is like nutritionally, um, not void. Like I'm not <laughs> going to have like a slice of pizza for breakfast, even though I have a memo due and like all of these force, like, I, I feel like I don't have time. It's funny because when you make those positive choices, it positively impacts all the things that you think you don't have time for. And you're creating more time for yourself in the long run. But anyway, it doesn't matter like what it actually is. It's just when you, especially starting your day, by keeping a promise to yourself, you told yourself you do something and you do it. It that is where confidence is built. Um, and I've made I made a video about this before, and it was like it was like a sound where um, where when you I mean you think about a friend, like you know, let's say you and I we 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 agreed to get together at twelve to shoot you know this podcast. If I just ghosted you, you would probably not feel so good about me and you probably wouldn't trust me and you probably wouldn't have a lot of confidence in being able to depend on me. And it's very similar. I don't know why we get we think that we can do that to ourselves where we very much so desire certain things. I want this so bad. I want, you know, to be healthy so bad. I want to get this degree or what I want to learn this. And we have these very intense desires and then we say like, I'm going to do this. And then we just leave, we leave ourselves hanging. And I think when you do even, even in small ways, when you say like, Oh, I'll do it tomorrow or whatever. It doesn't seem like it's a big deal because it's only like a small decision that doesn't have a big impact in that moment. 
but it's those small decisions over time that lead to a huge impact, positive or negative. It's, it's easy to not go to the gym. It's also easy to go to the gym for like 30 minutes. It's, it's, it's just a matter of like the decision that you're making. And it's as long as you're just being consistent and keeping that promise to yourself. So once I started, once I started keeping promises to myself is when things really started to um, transform in my life. And I think coincided a lot with like my TikTok growth as well. Um, that and just being very mindful of the environment that I am in, specifically with people. I think for a long time, I, one, was afraid of like letting people down um, by distancing myself from them. Because I do think that there was um, some like people who felt like they were entitled to my time, and I am. It the problem is is like when you talk about it that way, it you can't not sound like an asshole because it, it, there's like you sound like you're putting yourself on a pedestal, right. but you're just setting boundaries. You're you know? just setting boundaries, and you're putting yourself first, and ultimately that is what's best for everyone. Because I you need to fill my cup before I can, you know, get, give anything out to the people I care about me. And that's why I've been very um, selective in the sense that I have to, the people who I am closest to in my life are people who are similar to me that like to spend the majority of their time alone working on themselves. And that when we do get together, whenever that is, it doesn't, it shouldn't, I don't think it should be every day. I think it should be like on an interval basis where you're able to reflect you know, share stories, um, share, um, you know, the ways that you have grown and enjoy each other's time. And also knowing that like both of us are putting in the work to become the best versions of ourselves. So every time we get together, it's just better and better and better. And that to me is like my dream friendship. And I think once I have, um, really made that a priority, things also started changing for the better. I love that too. I think that our, especially women, and I don't blame most women for this because it's very difficult, but they feel like they need to have a group at all times. Mm-hmm. So something I noticed in college was how people would like make fun of people who lived alone. And I was like, girl, y'all better leave me alone. I can't deal with you. you or know? even the idea of like seeing someone eating alone. Like I think for a long time that was considered like sad or like shameful. I think the narrative is changing though. I think oh, it's, sure. it's becoming like more popularized and I hope it becomes the cool thing to just be a solo bird. Exactly. I hope so too because it's freeing and it's wonderful and like my and I think the narrative is changing because I did my um video about spending your Friday nights alone yeah 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 and it it went and I like that was a day where I had like a shitty morning I didn't feel like posting but I had had this from last week and I was like fine let me put it up and then I always those that do the best or the one takes yes always it's literally so so random and then I'm like, wow, like this resonates with a lot of people because it validated that you're allowed to be by yes, yourself. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and um, and it's so nice to not have to emotionally regulate or like have to even have the space in your mind of like, is especially as someone, I mean, as women particularly, like we are very much so in tune with wanting to make sure the people around us feel safe and taken care of. 
And by nature, even if it's a, a, even if it like I, for a while, like I loved my walk so much, I would invite my friends on my walks with me and I would expect it to be the same experience and it never was. And it's because there's something really unique and valuable about going inward and not even like almost disassociating with yourself, like as a person and just being like consciousness or just being like your mind. And that's just something you can't do when you're communicating with another human being as great as they are as great as they are connection and, is wonderful but it's not it's not as deep you know it's not it's just a different category and I think that each one needs their own specific like dedication or time dedicated to it and um and so yeah it's it's alone time is is very important and and I think that oftentimes people don't realize that when people want someone around all the time, that it could very much so be a symptom of you not wanting to be with yourself. And it's because you're like avoiding addressing something within yourself. And that's fine. That's not a good, like good or a bad thing, but it is worth, worth inquiring. Examining. Exactly. Yeah. Like just, Okay. And, and, and that's something that I've been doing a lot with myself recently as well. Like if I am noticing myself, um, reverting to like, a, a a habit that I was trying to kick, I don't, I don't say, Oh my God, you idiot. Like, why are you doing this again? I just, from like a higher self perspective, I'm like, okay, noted. Delara is still engaging in this. Like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take note of this and apply the data into like, what am I going to do tomorrow? Or just being aware, I think, is just really important and needs to be separated from this very um, close relationship that we have to the the voice in our head. Um, and and it's really important to just know that it is it's not you. The voice in your head is not you. Yeah, and that is a really big game changer yeah. for me. So since you've clearly built this great relationship with yourself with that with that voice whoever it is what are the three resources books podcasts tv shows whatever that help you get there that like you swear by to this day yeah number one would definitely be the vortex by jerry and esther hicks um also known as abraham hicks i think is like the pseudo name um that one was really eye-opening for me and the big takeaway from that uh, book was that life is all about contrast. Um, and so, and I think being able to look at life that way inherently creates compartmentalization. And I think that's, that's like the key to a lot of it is being able to separate. Um, the second resource, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. That book is a game changer and will absolutely transform the relationship you have with yourself and and the understanding of how it works and the really cool part about it is it's all science backed and and it's sometimes it's hard to um get into something without like hard data especially like someone who come from an academic background like it or even just like in this highly politicized world that we live in everyone wants like the facts and to be able to cross-reference and so something I really appreciated about that is it wasn't like a woo-woo book or just like too much theory. It would it would deliver the information in a really uh, like practical and digestible way. And it wasn't like too advanced either. So definitely, definitely recommend that. Um, also, 
that one podcast that I sent to the hater, uh, which was also Dr. Joe Dispenza. It was a conversation he was having with Jay Shetty on his podcast. On I, Jay Shetty is yeah. my number one. I, love I know. Him. I know. Yeah. He He's really, he's so good at his job. And I, I love, I, I, there's definitely a part of me that like dreams of being a female Jay Shetty, whatever that means. Like, Well, you're there. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. But like just being able to have conversations that, people can take away something from is I think so it's just one of the most beautiful parts about life um and he just does it really well but yeah that that one podcast I'm trying to I don't remember the title of it but if you look up yeah 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 we'll link it we'll link it (laughs) this is wonderful I feel like you are you've gotten to a place now of like okay I know who I am I know you know what I want to do whether it's this creator, law firm, et cetera. So how do you think about creating the next step of your dream life when you get an idea like that and actually going about building it? You know, it's really just the, it's consistency and the small habits. And and it's funny because we want to hear, we're so addicted, especially in, in such a fast paced environment and short attention span, everything is instant. We love like the dramatics and being like, okay, I did this and it quickly transformed into this. But I am really, I have a set of like these, I think 18 life goals that I have. One of them was becoming um, an attorney and I was able to cross off that one. And that was really exciting. Yes, Yes, I was nervous. I was like, because we had this podcast set for one week after I found out if I passed the bar exam. And I was like, oh my God, this is either going to be a very depressing and enlightening conversation or like just a sad mood or a great one um it would have been great either way but I can't even explain like what emotion I felt more emotions the day that I because I I knew I was going to find out at 6 p.m so that day like leading up to the 6 p.m I experienced more emotions I think that day than I have the entire year it was wild like I was going through it I went to a park by myself and I just like took my journal and this book that I am reading called waking up in 5d. Um, and I was just like thinking to myself, I was, so I wrote a journal entry to myself, um, like the week prior and I dated it after the date of like finding out whether I would pass the bar exam. And I was congratulating myself. I was like, you did it. Never doubt yourself again. Um, you can do anything you set your mind to. And I was like, it was like a form of manifesting for me. And I was reading it that day and I was just bawling. Like I could not, like it was because one part of me, it was like tears of joy, like really feeling that feeling. Cause I'm like, if I want to pass, I have to feel like I have already passed. I have to like channel that frequency so that it will become my reality. Um, But there was also like in the back of my, not even the back of my head, but like the back of my heart, like what will what will the implications be between the relationship I have with myself and the universe if this doesn't work out for me? Mm. And granted, I I still knew, even if I didn't pass, rejection is redirection. It happens for a reason. Everything in my life that didn't work out in retrospect happened exactly the way that it was supposed to. Even, even my citizenship situation, like if I didn't go through the struggle of losing my pathway to citizenship, I would have never been able to do advocacy work for DACA recipients. Like DACA wouldn't have even, and, and that was such 
a transformative experience in my life. And even just being able to be on a stage that large, like it was, it was something I would, I would never like not want. So, so it ended up working, like, even when it seems like something is so unfair and it makes no sense, I do think that it can make sense and oftentimes does with like 2020 vision or whatever. I feel like that term is so played out. I don't like it so much. Well, 2020 is now like scary. Yeah. It's like a, it's triggering. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, But still. Um, And, and I, and, and I, it was that feeling in the back of my heart of like, okay, if this doesn't work out, like, I just felt like. I would have lost trust in feeling like I could create my reality. And I'm so happy it worked out the way that it did because now I'm really in this headspace of like, okay, whatever. It's really just a matter of figuring out what do I want. And then there is a path that exists and it's just a matter of slowly working towards that path. But there's no more room for self-doubt. There's no more room for questioning the process or the outcome. It's just a matter of, what do I want? How do I get there? And just taking small and consistent steps. And, um, and so, yeah. Um, that's beautiful. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful place to end for today. But I do <laughs> wish I could keep talking to you forever. I know. We could just keep going. <laughs> I, I just feel like it's a wealth of information. And plus, like, I mean, I think I've learned so much in this conversation. And there's so much to take away about just – realizing you know that like you are not your negative thoughts only good things can come from you and you have to just take those small steps every day to remind yourself who you are and build that confidence and so I'd love for you to leave us with something I ask all of my guests okay which is finish this sentence with something that you want young people to know you are too smart for you are too smart to doubt yourself I think. Yeah. I love it. Thank yes. you so much. Where can everyone find you on the internet? Yes. So my Instagram handle is just my first name at Delara, two L's. Um, <laughs> and my TikTok handle is at Legal Baddie. Um, and, and yeah, and, and stay tuned for more. I'm so excited that we have been able to have this conversation. I have also um, grown even in the short period of time. And something I, I wanted to mention to you really quickly is I didn't realize how young you were until recently. And I'm just so incredibly proud of where you are at in, in life. And, you know, everyone is on their own respective journey, but you are on the way to doing incredible things. I am so excited to see everything. I mean, you already have accomplished so much and it's so impressive. But I, I just, you're on a wonderful track and I am just happy and grateful that I get to witness it. Thank you. And <laughs> I am just glad that I get to witness you and I'm just trying to be like you, to be honest. Oh like, so I am really happy we got to chat. Thank you so much for listening to Too Smart for This. I really appreciate your support. So please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. It helps me out so much. If you like this, check me out on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Alexis Barber. And don't forget to follow the show at You Are Too Smart for This on Instagram. Have a fabulous day. And don't forget, you are too smart to not love yourself.